Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about, Saul says, limiting players' options. Yes. So this a lot of this hap- happens in D&D, but it has happened in other games. I remember running D&D a long time ago, and, and I would always say, no assassins, no evil characters. Well, no evil characters would take care of assassin because assassin naturally an evil character because he's killing for money but yes so i would limit i would not let players be evil or playing assassins and back then you know i was playing with a bunch of teenage guys i was a teenager myself and i don't really remember why but in the back of my head now i that- can tell you why it should be easy okay you may not need to remember <laughs> i believe his name is felipe oh that's probably why you're right there's that was the he was the first, our first GM, me and my friends. Like I say, we've always mentioned he was, a, he's an Eagle Scout. He became an Eagle Scout. So he would not allow us to be evil. And I never had the inclination to be evil. And none of my friends in my group that we played constantly, I don't think anybody wanted to be evil. We would usually be chaotic good, lawful good, neutral good. Uh, Mike would like to be neutral good. I don't know why. It, whatever. And, uh, well, he was a... Because he wanted to be a thief. No, he was a druid. Oh. He was, druid had to be neutral. Ah. Oh. I think that's the reason why he was always neutral, good, but never evil. And I never ran uh, into somebody who played evil characters until we played in the staff campaign. I mentioned the staff campaign yeah. in a different episode. And there was this guy called Stan, and Stan played... In you, you've talked character. about Stan before. Yeah, the evil dwarf dude. Yeah. Yeah, so... I thought it was odd, and 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 other than that, I never ran into somebody that wanted to play e- play an evil character until uh, I was running for the kids. My my son, his friend, his two friends, our friends' kids, actually, and the older one. And I don't remember how old he was. He was probably thirteen, <laughs> twelve or thirteen. 12 yeah, 13, and he wanted to play an evil character. I said, "Sorry, you can't be an evil character." And he said, why? I go, well, because... He was he, crushed. He was crushed. And I said, well, because you have a nine and an eight-year-old son. I have an eight-year-old son and your brother is the same age. And I don't want them... That's not the kind of game I want to run. I don't want to have evil characters in the same game with them as player characters. And he kind of was upset. And he changed his character alignment. Now, honestly, if he was playing an evil character... In name, in not in name, but like let's say he was playing neutral and decided to play a little evil, I probably wouldn't be able to tell unless he was doing some vastly evil stuff. But he never did, so I don't. I, like I said, I don't think I would have noticed if it was if he thought he was touching on evil, like doing things that were he thought were evil. I couldn't tell, but I never ran a game as a GM with evil players. Evil, evil players, evil characters. <laughs> Some of the players may have been evil. Yeah, may have Who been knows? Evil. Chaotic at the very least. So lately, uh, I ran across this, uh, read an article, and I and I talked to somebody who was talking about how in a Middle Earth game, he didn't like people playing elves. Well, you're not the only one. Before you get into that, Uh-oh. you're not the only one who limits the character options and i never really thought about this because i would never think about playing an evil character because that's not in my nature i guess 
but I've heard horror stories and all the horror stories, all the horror stories I've heard are, um, stem from teenage boys playing whatever they want when they roll up their character. Right. And they go with the, if I want to be evil, chaotic evil, then that's what they're going to play. And I've heard lots of horror stories about those games, right? Killing each other, the characters killing other characters and stuff. And so I'm glad that, you know, Felipe was around to influence Saul against that kind of a... I call that as hattery because I just, we never played that way. I don't think we were, I don't even know what to call it. Inclined? Inclined to play that way. And I guess maybe it might have been Felipe's influence, but... Even when he was gone, we didn't play that way. We didn't pillage, rape, and murder people. We're murder hobos, but we killed evil things and took their stuff. Never occurred to me to play like that or to even, it never even crossed my mind. Well, you're not the only one because I I came across an article with all these, and there's all kinds of GMs on here talking about how, what they limit. Um, Some of them are hilarious. (laughs) I was just like... I was I was shocked that other people did thought thought basically the same way you did. One guy was saying that you know he limits any evil, any evil characters, any any and certain races. Like this one guy goes, you can play whatever you want as long as it's in the core rule book, and also try to make your characters so they don't stand out too much. Because if you're playing a tiefling. And you're going into towns, people may not take advantage, may not like take to that, right? And you might get killed, beaten to death, <laughs> right? That kind of thing. Yeah, I ran into that when uh, Ian was a tiefling. I go, you look like a devil. And I'm like, people may not like that. And he goes, well, my charisma is 17. I go, two other tieflings. <laughs> but to hu- humans and other people, you're like the devil looking thing. <clears throat> Because I didn't know what Tiffling was. I thought it was just, I don't know what I thought it was. And then, and then uh, I think it was Then he looked up, Augustine looked up the picture for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he goes, the Tiffling, I go, oh, my God. They look like a devil. And then my son goes, yeah. I'm like, oh, damn it. I let him play the character, though. I don't think we played, he played it very long. This is, this is, uh, this is not uncommon. This one guy says that he started a campaign and he told the people, no orcs. And um, because there's no orcs in this world. And then one of his player characters didn't get that memo. And he came, he came in, he (laughs) came to the first game and he, he had created this half orc and he was very upset that there were, that he, that he had said, he goes, what do you mean? I spent all this time on this character. I really want to play him. And so the, the GM goes, okay. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, why is that limits if you're doing it? He goes, I thought it was better for the player to be happy than for the. (laughs) Then it wasn't worth the fight. It wasn't worth it. And okay. other people said, you know, there's, you, I don't want any of these things in here. You, the fantasy stories that we grew up with are good versus evil. Oh, and yeah. that's exactly. the way it should be. Well, what's funny is that Felipe has, has read, read a lot of books, you know, fantasy books, even when he was a young guy. And he read Conan, and Conan isn't a really a good versus evil thing, but he loves freaking Conan. He loves Robert E. Howard, even though, obviously, Robert E. Howard, by today's standards, or even back then, it was a racist bastard. But but he still loves the way he wrote, that, that pulp fan, fantasy thing, hyperborea thing. But never did he even like... Never, one, I don't think he even had to say no evil characters. 
I don't think me, Sip, Esteban, because we were the three main people who played. And then later when we went to start playing outside our home and start, and he started the Castle and Crusaders Club in the library in this, at the Steinbeck Library, never did I, did I see some kid wanting to play an evil character. Maybe after we left, like after Felipe left and after I stopped going and was in charge, uh, Jim and Philip would go to the Steinbeck Library and they'd stay there till two o'clock in the morning. And that was unheard of for me because, like, you know, we our club was from uh, six to 11 and we promptly left at 11. Even though it was past, what is it, the past the, the time that the library was open. The meeting room would stay open. We could, you could, it had access to the outside, yeah. and it had those self-locking doors. So we always made sure somebody stayed behind. Like when we took our break to go to the cork and bottle down the street to for snacks and stuff. But when you close the doors, you could just close the doors and they would lock. Right. So basically, it, well, you were on your own. We were on our own honor to stay to, to leave at a certain leave time. At a certain time, and we did, but. The next generation of gamers and I get that memo and later on when when Jim was talking, oh, yeah, we were there till two o'clock in the morning. I go at the Steinbeck Library. I go, what was wrong with you guys? We we're supposed to land 11. Oh, yeah, but there was, and he was right. There was nobody there to tell him to close the place. I'm like, yeah, but that was part of the deal. And so obviously Jim is a little bit more chaotic than the rest of us. So even when we when we brought in our, our game to include Mike. Tom, Herb, uh, that those group, those brothers, and other people we played with. I don't remember ever anyone wanting to play an evil character, except Stan, who had who brought his own high level character, the staff campaign, which I mentioned in an earlier podcast. And that was because they go, well, bring your highest level character. We don't care what kind of what level they are. So I think Stan's character was like seventh or eighth level. He was pretty badass. The highest level I had ever seen. I think that the highest level character I had ever played at that time was probably like fifth. This was AD&D, so they were pretty tough. Lots of hit points. It never really entered my mind. I, it was just natural that people I gained with never asked to be a player character. I mean, evil character. And then when Ian did it, I said, hey, you can't play an evil character. And he was shocked. Why not? They're like, well, because I don't allow evil characters. Why? Well, because you have a, a, a little brother and my son who are eight that I don't want him exposed to that kind of gameplay. That's the second time you've said that. I know. And I got to reiterate that because that was one of the reasons why. Another one, I, I, when even though I never really explicitly said it back before with playing with Sip and, and Mike and all those, is that I probably, I always thought that play evil characters played by people well, duh, played by people. <laughs> evil characters would, would cause problems in the game. And now, I never really thought about it too much. It was probably just an idea that I had, but that's an idea that obviously stuck with me till to even till today. I even today say if people start a game, I uh, no evil characters. And now, I mean, I would think there would be a reason why. I was a little hesitant to to limit other people's characters choices like ian when he wanted to be a tiefling like i didn't really know what tiefling was and then when he and i go man why do you want to be this devil dude i don't and i still don't understand why you would want to play the character like that because it looked cool 
yeah, but I, you know, and then he didn't understand why it would cause problems. I'm like, really? You know, maybe he just really wanted to play it. Well, you're not the only one with that because uh, people literally say if you are going to look like people are going to attack you when we get to a village, yeah. Yeah. you can't play that character. Well, you can play it, but I mean, do you really want to stay out in the woods and hiding while the other players go to town and sleep in beds and you got to sleep in the forest? I mean, literally, that's what, and I, and I, I kind of did that with uh, Steve's character because Steve's first character that I ran back in 2001 was a half-orc monk. And I thought it was a, it'd be an interesting, interesting dichotomy because to be a, a monk, you have to be lawful. And since he couldn't be lawful evil because there was a paladin in the group, uh, he, and uh, he didn't really, under, and I still don't understand lawful neutral, he decided to be lawful good. And I thought it was an interesting... What is it? Uh, dichotomy, whatever you want to call it, is that here's an orc, half orc, who orcs are supposed to be chaotic evil. Now, this is 3.0. I think uh, DD 5th edition is moving away from races alignment being, being a, a certain alignment. But back then, that's the way it was. And I thought it was interesting that here's a, a half orc going against his nature of being chaotic evil and batching it down you know ratcheting it down to lawful good which is a very i think is a very hard alignment to play so i thought it, i thought that would be interesting and i and i connected him to don's character because he's lawful good and here's this lawful good paladin who will show him the ropes and keep him on the straight and narrow though uh, honestly i didn't really keep an eye on him and neither did the dwarven paladin and uh, steve played his character very chaotically and i let it slide like i usually do a lot of things slide so that does happen but now it's like do i really want to limit on people's characters and i probably wouldn't as much like i wouldn't put up a fight but if like you said if you're going to play a certain weird character there's going to be consequences to that choice especially like if you're not in a big grand city that has metropolitan ideas, right? If you go into a small village. I think that's why GMs limit things like yes. that. And and it's not necessarily, and there's this discussion about if you're limiting what kind of character they create, are you limiting player agency? And I'm going to say no. <laughs> I'm going to say that you're limiting what you're going to allow in your game. And you're telling them beforehand that, you know, in session zero, right. I'm doing air quotes. Definitely. You say, okay, you can make whatever character you want, but I don't want these characters because, and give them a reason why. I don't want this in my game. I don't want to, I don't want evil characters because I don't want people causing problems within the group. I don't want people to play tieflings because when you go into town, people are going to beat you with a stick until you're dead. Or at least tell them it, that that is a viable, that there's consequences. Well, if you, you, you can limit it one way saying there's yeah. going to be consequences or you can limit it and say, I'm not, I don't want tieflings. I want them to be these, these these classes or races or whatever. Yeah. I remember another thing that, and it's always Ian. It's very strange. Well, Ian likes to make strange characters. Yes. That's what I'm saying. So he made this one guy character that well, he wanted to be able to create magical weapons. I go, you can't create magical weapons in my game. And he's like, what? I have this feed, blah, blah, blah. And even Steve, his dad, got into it with me. I'm like, well, that's just a good... Steve I said, well, that's his whole character's based on. Look, I'm sorry, but I don't feel right 
characters making magical weapons nilly willy. Now I didn't really look into it, but I just didn't like the the idea. Like I never liked the idea of the magical shop where people are buying plus one sword, plus two swords. Theoretically, it's like grocery shopping, right? You know. You want them to work for it or find it on their own? Well, stuff like that is so special, special made. It has to be like a special order, right? Like if you go into a grocery store and, well, let's say an old grocery store, and you want a certain kind of cut of meat, right? You can only get it if the butcher knows that cut of meat? Yes, and if he's able to do it, right? Now, for example, and I don't know this for sure, but for example, tri-tip is a Western thing, right? Yes. Okay, so there's... People in America eat a lot of steaks and stuff like that. And there's all kinds of different cuts of meat. Now, I'm not anywhere knowledgeable about that stuff. But years ago, somebody said, oh, you should, if you're barbecuing, barbecue, try tip steak. And I did. And it turned out fantastic. Now, I really can't tell you what part of the But if you go back, cow, if you go east, people have no idea what try tip is. Right, because they don't cut that kind of meat. Exactly. And like past Chicago. Except that, except that since Californians have gone that way, right. they've probably started doing it. Yes. And so, and, and that's, that's what I'm talking about is that, is that it's, if you go to Chicago and you go, I want to, I want to try to tip roast, the butcher might look at you going, what the hell's that? And if he does know that, what it is, he's going to have to specialty cut it because it's not going to be on the counter, right? The counter is going to have, London roast stuff that's really popular but that is not going to be on the counter so you're going to have to special order it so okay and then he'll cut it for you that way that's the way I think magic shops are there's going to be a magic shop there and there's going to be somebody who's going to make stuff you know you might make they might make like magical potions like healing you know that's pretty cool we always need those shops right so that's almost acceptable but a plus one sword plus two sword and other variety of weapons that are plus one, plus two, it's just not going to happen because the wizard or whoever's creating these things is going to invest a huge amount of time. It's not like he has a he has a hireling that sits back there going, uh, plus one sword. <laughs> I don't know how you make a plus one sword, but I can't. I'm, I'm just imagining well, someone in you know magically making it plus one. Right, right. So and then you know, it has to be. Uh, it has. I think most magical weapons. As far as I remember, they have to be at least a master class we- grade weapon. But it's amazing that you don't want these special weapons. But a lot of times when we find a treasure trove, there are magical weapons. Rings that you don't know what they do that people just randomly put on their hand and, and go. I really got to put curse, more cursed weapons in the, <laughs> in the, in the treasure. I mean, I'm just saying that. But if you don't want a certain thing, then you need to tell the people at the before you start playing the game, right? Right, and in this case, I did not, and I felt bad. And I said, look, I think it was third level, fourth level before you tried making anything. I go, look, you can make a, remake your character at fourth level. I'm not going to make you start at first. I just don't want, I don't want player characters making weapons. I mean, magical items nilly-willy. And I know it's in the book, and I know, and I, and I apologize profusely, but I'm like, I'm adamantly. So I add that to the list. No class that makes magic weapons. Ian, Ian's made you add lo- lots of things to the list, hasn't he? Because he because he pushes the limits on all of his characters. Yes. I mean, most of most of the other players don't want to be tieflings. They don't want to be looked like a devil. And I'm like, and it, and 
And they know. Well, the boys just like being barbarian fighters and stuff like that. Yes. Yes. And and it was funny because even my son at the time, who's this was probably what, five years ago, six years ago? At least. At least, right? So he was 12. And he goes, well, of course somebody's not going to like him. Because at one point, they were running from something. And he had to convince some. They were in a tunnel or something. I forget. In a mine. And he was trying to convince the villagers to go with his idea to follow him. <laughs> oh, yes. Right. And so so I'm like, yeah, they're not going to follow you. He goes, oh, I'm going to roll my, you know. I, my charisma. It? Yeah, my uh, persuasion. Yeah. And he rolled really good. I go, not really good, but he he, he rolled like a 17 or something. I go, yeah, but you got like a minus five modifier because you look like the freaking devil and or a devil. But my charisma is 17 or whatever. I go, yeah, to other tieflings, you're freaking handsome. But to regular people, they're scared the crap out of you. And he didn't, he didn't quite get that, and he didn't like that because you know he wanted to be this persuasive character. And I go, you're persuasive with. Well, he's learning right as he goes, yeah. right? Yeah, because was he was a teenager at the time. Yeah, yeah I understand. And, and his dad would have been perfectly fine with that. The tiefling can convince people to follow him. Yes, yes. Like the Pied Piper. It's yeah, into a mine, <laughs> into a mine. They call it a mine. <laughs> There was a little frustration there, and I think an easier. I wouldn't probably. I wouldn't limit anybody to anything, except for evil characters. Uh, and I, but I would say, well, look, if you're gonna make something that's really odd, like a really odd kind of character class, please talk to me first. And that's something that probably should happen anyway, like in a session zero. But sometimes it's hard to get everybody together. Uh, so at the very least, you, you got to set up a protocol where, like, please run things through me first as a GM and, I, and avoid those kind of situations. Or, like you say, some people already have it, like, no half-orcs, no tieflings, no rabbit people, no cat people. <laughs> I just want humans, elves, dwarves, the, the The funny thing is, is that, you know, when you play D&D a lot, it's you're you're walking into these situations where you're the heroes, right? Supposedly. But supposedly, <laughs> but you're walking into a town and you got these half orcs and tieflings with you, and supposedly people are supposed to just go, okay, yeah, no problem. Which would be fine if you were going into Ciseo or or Waterdeep yeah. or or somewhere like that. But Sal has us out in the middle of freaking nowhere. You go to Edmonds Field and you're, you come in like looking like a half orc. You're a Trolloc. Yeah. Kill the thing. I thought those things were fairy tales. So I think there's a lack of, what is it? There's a lack of perspective. Well, I guess it also kind of depends on, and it may have changed because we watch, there's lots more superhero movies. But in Lord of the Rings, I mean, the movies I'm talking yeah, about, yeah. the dwarf and the and the elf, people knew what they were, right? Right. But it, even in the Lord of the Rings, people didn't, believe i mean the in the shire did they believe there were orcs i don't think so i don't think so it was kind of like uh, and that's what i like about that book set of books and then uh we're i'm rec- not recently i'm in the midst of rereading robert jordan's the wheel of time and they live in this little village called edmonds field the main characters at the beginning and they don't believe in these monsters or let's just call well, they, them orcs they, they're they're more like fairy tales fairy that tales, are told right. to scare kids to right. scare kids and everything is this everything is a fairy tale that that they don't have a lot of exposure to because they haven't had that exposure for because they're in a, a it they live in in the middle of nowhere right so 
And that sometimes, as characters it, that you play, you're sitting on, you're not sent, but you're adventuring. And sometimes you go come to these tiny little villages that are a homogeneous population. And they've never seen a magic user. Right. So if you're wearing your, your wizard robes, then you're they're like, and then you, throw, you know, toss fire out of your hands, like, wow, you should kill that guy. <laughs> you, could cause a, you could cause a fire or down or haystacks. So I think I think it's interesting way of playing. I I don't really like it. I don't. Th- I'm one of those GMs that doesn't like limiting people in my own brain. That's the way I think. But the fact that I do have these limits kind of counters that. But I think it counters them for a good reason. Now, like I was mentioned earlier, I don't know who it was, and I don't remember if maybe I dreamt. I dreamt. I was dreaming, but I told you that that be, specifically in the Lord of the Rings game. Uh, the one ring somebody mentioned well i don't like people playing elves because they don't really know how to play an elf because they're so bizarre which to a D player goes what, what are you, are you talking, talking about, about? right <laughs> but i i sort of understand no i see I, I don't i don't i don't i i just i don't agree with that premise in I any way shape or form says, that's ridiculous i've been reading about elves since i was like eight so I'm pretty sure I can. Maybe I, I'm not as aloof as an elf, but I understand what that means. Yeah. No, I, I kind of understand what the person was talking about. But at, but at the very least, I think people can try. You know, that's what. And that's what if an is. elf is out adventuring with a dwarf and some hobbits, he's probably a more gregarious elf than others and might not come across as so aloof. That's true. Though it kind of was, anyway. Uh, other things that people people say no to, right? Well, it totally depends on the game, right? Right. Oh yeah, I was, I know we talk a lot about D and D, but this can happen in other games. Like I said, I mentioned the the One Ring. Well, there's also like Seventh Seas. Somebody said they they don't allow sorcery, they don't allow certain a certain race, or if you're playing a White Wolf, this one guy says I don't allow certain tribes or traditions are off limits because that way it limits what you have to be able to know and allow the players to be able to do right right now I, we've talked about uh, white wolf games in other in other episodes and uh, i talked about when we when we played werewolf being my brother and we were from a certain clan i think yes. they call them in, in and they're like another place going, oh you're a whatever i know terridor is not it it's a that's a vampire clan or family, whatever. He just hasn't. He doesn't know White Wolf enough to give yeah. you the the correct thing. The correct and the, but there were but the other players who had played a lot of Werewolf, they were like, oh, and, and I think they, they knew were, what I think you we were gurus do. or something. They like knew that. what you could do, and they yeah, they knew all the and they knew our temp was well, supposedly they have a certain temperament or I don't know. I think Guru was it was that the I don't know, babe. Something like that, which I think just means wolf in in anyway in Latin. Anyway, or is it Estonia? Anyway, Estonia. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I think uh, I think all games have have certain what not all games, all games right, run by certain re- referees or GMs. I don't know what you want to call them with the uh, game masters. There's certain things that 
some game masters don't allow because their experience in the past that's exactly what it is yes view on them because obviously someone had someone playing a source had sorcery in seventh season which is a pirate game right? right and if you have sorcery on the seas you know that could be a problem i can see it being problematic throwing a fireball at another ship all those people on that other ship are not going to make it Right, and I think a lot of it has to do with maybe he just wanted to run a straight uh, fantasy, not yeah. a fantasy, but a more realistic yes. uh, Seven Seas game, even though it does have uh, that magical element. For the most part, it's a straightforward Three Musketeers kind of, uh, not Three Musketeers, what's the other? Three Musketeers <laughs> was on land. Oh my God. What's that uh, one? Horatio Hornblower type of game, right? I knew you were going for Master that. Master or Commander. Anyway, I think I think that that the, what you're trying to say is that when you're, you're when you're <laughs> when you're limiting what you want players to be able to play and stuff, that's different from limiting player agency. Like once you're playing the game, right? Then you're you're talking about limits before the game. Well, I, I understand people might confuse that with uh, player. Uh, well, it is limiting player agency because it, it limits them what avenues they can role play right well you're limiting it only to the sense that you're not allowing certain things in your game so they that doesn't limit what their role playing ability that just limits that they can't be a tiefling doing it they can be a uh an elf doing it yeah no i totally agree with you but some people are going to argue well you're limiting my role play experience because i really want to explore that part and that's why every gm (laughs) is gonna go okay fine (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, I, I don't want to. Except for it. the evil part. <laughs> yeah, I I try to remember other games that you limit stuff. I think a lot of players. Uh, what is it? A lot of players who are uh, many maximizers, they will exploit things. Well, see, so. and that's when consequences come in, right? And uh, you've taught this lesson to the boys. <laughs> <laughs> Many times, especially Alan. If you're going to use a dump stat, don't put it in wisdom because, or charisma, because wisdom means that you're going to be held. It, this is in D and D specifically. So if you're if you're if your wisdom is really low, the spell to hold person you can't make the wisdom save to get out of it. And it took Alan two or three characters, a couple campaigns to figure this out. Uh, it was a little faster than that because when I held them. A shaman held, uh, it was a shaman, but it was a, a evil cleric held him. And he literally could not roll. Uh, the save wasn't that high. It was like a 16, which is kind of high. But he had like a, uh, a negative uh, yeah, two, right, to a saving throw. And I'm like, mm. and he was, he was on the verge of tears because he couldn't make the roll and save people's lives. And they were losing and they were getting pummeled because he was like their best. Which player. I think was what really really upset him was that he was a really good fighter right he couldn't do anything and the rest of us were falling down and Ian was ready to <coughs> was hiding in the box <laughs> so i think i think if as a gm if you are very straightforward with your players and say and give reasons right uh good reasons not like well i don't think anybody can really play the uh, elf well let me try what the hell what, what do you got to lose uh, th- those are kind of superfluous. Well, that might be a good reason to that GM. Right. right. But Because he's going to look at your elf character every time you say something and go, oh, well, psh, that's not good enough. Really? That's what you think an elf would say in this situation? I go, yes. That's what my elf is going to say, damn it. 
which is which will cause limiting player agency <laughs> like killing the character <laughs> so i think i think if you're a straightforward gm and you tell people why you don't want to let certain things in your campaign it doesn't matter the game D D, we pick on D D quite a bit because that's what we that's what we played a lot especially with with kids right right and i think uh, there's so many books that uh, have expansions to those rules. Like I remember somebody saying, "Oh, I don't uh, allow gun, gun gunslingers, gunslingers in my game, in the D and D game." Yeah, and I'm like, "What?" I go, "Really?" He go, "I go, why?" He goes, "I don't allow guns." I go, "Oh, okay." I forget what it was. I think it was Steve saying that you should have guns in a D and D game. He was very particular about that. I'm like, wow. which was which was interesting because you know, <laughs> was that in a wasn't that in a um, one of the the expansion books or i believe it was yes. because it was in the advanced player because plan. his children take those those expansion love, books yeah. and they want to play all the new races and character classes and, and, and mix the character yeah. classes with weird races yes so i was it was kind of so the whole gun conversation was like okay <laughs> yeah it was just oh i don't like guns in fantasy well it's pretty funny though because saul's playing a uh Aren't you in the game that we're playing with Augustine, a, a, gnome. a, a gnome gunslinger? Yeah. and But his guns aren't very... Uh, well, that's what you start off with. You start yeah. off with a gun that's like only good for you and breaks down if you roll a critical hit easily. And it takes you three or four turns to, fi- to figure out, figure out what out to do. It. And ammunition is extremely... Expensive. Which makes perfect sense if you're playing a, a, a medieval-ish game, right? A fantasy, medieval fantasy game, because that's when, you know, gunpowder was invented and there were a couple... Well, I don't know if you consider... Wasn't there Roman gunpowder in the... No, they think they had... Greek, a, Greek fire. fire yeah. that's not quite exactly the thing. I think uh, I, I, the story is, and I'm pretty sure it's true, is that uh, gunpowder came from China. Yes, yeah. Because they used it for fireworks. And then, West, but even West in the West. even up until the 1800s, people were you you know when you're making your own black powder and you're you're making your own bullets and you have to one at a time and you have to get them in the that, and all that yeah all the different things it was very hard yes. to very, very yeah so it's realistic in that yes, sense that's right it, yes. that if you doesn't Break matter what you roll yeah yes. yeah so anyway yeah um, I think uh, when you as a GM are limiting players options in that sense i think you should have a good reason not just be aloof about it uh i think most people most gms are pretty i think they're pretty uh what is it uh they got reasons why right right whether and if you ask them they'll tell you yeah and it's either they had a bad experience in the past or they think it's gonna cause problems it's gonna cause problems and that's just that. So, so really what you're talking about is limiting what kind of characters people can play versus limiting what people can do right so hopefully this gives you some idea of that topic this is gaming perspectives with Saul. angeline